Eric Oldman. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. In each episode, I connect with musicians, artists, and industry people who are involved with Chicago's underground and independent music scene. The show is really a conversation about our creative processes, our hopes, our dreams, and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting with sort of a kindred spirit of mine, a gentleman by the name of Tom Meslowski. Tom has been involved in the Chicago music scene for the last few decades in uh, dozens of different bands and projects. He's also a full-time music teacher and um, is a very, very active supporter and cheerleader for his area of the scene in the south suburbs, uh, particularly around Mokina and Joliet. You may have heard his uh, show, The Local Music Bonanza, which is on WCSF and also streams online. And um, he also produces What's Going Down in J-Town, which really will give you an idea of all the different shows and events that are going on around the Joliet community um, on any given day. So we're going to kick things off with a little bit of music first. Uh, This is Colonel Chloroform, one of Tom's bands, with the track Epic.
last time we talked was in February of 2020. Yeah. You were the first, last, one of the last bands I actually saw live because we played together at Brower House. Yeah, that was one of the last um, shows I played, actually. Right, right. Um, yeah, so here we are, shit, 18 months later. Yeah. We can, and um, it's cool to reconnect and chat. Um, we've shared each other's various things back and forth, you know, uh, music project wise. We'll get into that in the episode tonight as well, along with, um, you know, kind of so talking about just kind of being a promoter advocate person for the scene. I feel like I have my pop screen here. It's like, I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit more secretive looking than you are. So yeah, you're like a, the man like, behind the curtain. Right. You know, if the guy from, I don't know if you remember that show, Tool Time, the guy behind the fence. Yes. You, know, so you could only see is like just that, you know, in the hat. Was his name? Oh, what the heck was his name? Yeah, I know. I can't, I've drawn a blank, but that's that's the metaphor. It's like with the pop filter. It's like I'm the, the secret guy <laughs> with the pop filter, you know, the, the weird neighbor. It has so, a great effect. Yeah, it, it kind of works. So, um, yeah, man. So it's good. I mean, we've actually been trying to actually do something like this too uh, for a bit, but you know, life gets in the way of plans, and um, it's challenging to chat about things when you're in the middle of a million other things. We all have projects that we're doing and all this, but for me, it was important to get back into what I'm doing here tonight with my podcast. Um, and it kind of, um, you're actually one of the people that's kind of inspired me to kind of go back to it because you've been doing your stuff with what's going down in J-Town, your local music bonanza. And it's, it's kind of impressive. Like I get the sense with you, you're like, you're like all things music and Joliet, you know, like if I need to know anything that's going on in Joliet, you're the guy. So, um, and I, I mean that with full intention too. There's no, no, no jokiness about any of that. No, no. I mean, um, you know, you're such a, you're such go ahead. Well, as I say, the, the one thing, you know, I, I I don't feel like I have like all the answers or things like that. I just, uh, right. I, you know, there was not many people coming to my own shows and I figured, right. Hey, you know, let's, let's yeah. get a little loud. And in the meantime, let's talk about everybody else's stuff too. So if ever I see something that's local music related, I just share it. Sometimes I don't even get a chance to look at it myself. I just see, Oh, these guys share it. These guys share it. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you saying that, though, because, I mean, you do a heck of a lot as well. I mean, you have tons of followers. You've got all these Spotify playlists. I think that's really cool. <gasps> I did not send you any songs. No, no, it's a, it's OK, man. It's, I can we'll, suggest we'll get, some. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll play some, too, later. Um, We'll cut those in and such. So, OK, Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I for me, it was kind of the same thing. It's you know, you're putting together your own shows, you're booking your own shows, you're promoting your own shows and you, you get a group of friends and maybe some of the bands that you're playing with that are friends projects are they're good, or maybe they just don't can't put it together for the promotional side of it. Um, but for me, just being more so in Chicago with it, just kind of being a bigger pond, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get any kind of press coverage, you know, if you're not signed or if you're not connected politically to certain people, or, um, or you just, you know, you don't know the, 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 to get into certain doors for PR, for radio play or any of that. So for me, I, I kind of started this and this is going back, oh, probably 10 years, uh, 2012. Wow. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to find like the other bands that were like mine, or it's like, okay, you're out there, you're working, you're grinding, you're trying to get people to come to shows 
you know, you're really working at it and it's like, all right, well, maybe we can do something more collectively or just, you know, I know some people who can write, I'm a, I'm a tech guy and I like doing sound stuff. And so it's like, all right, we put these cobblesome things together as kind of a way to, for the lack of a better word, promote the music, you know, and that's really what I've always been about with that. So it's like what you're saying, like, oh, you see something, you share it. And then I do the kind of the same thing. Um, and really it's just to get music in front of people who don't look for it. You know, they say, oh, you know, there's no, you know, there's, there's always the, the people that you know, or your, your friends who there's no, there's no new music or there's no music going on locally. Come on, man. Yeah. There's, there's a ton. How many bands? I mean, I, I read something a lot. Uh, this is about going back when I got started. I, I saw some, somebody actually went out and kind of categorized, like, I guess he was looking at like Illinois entertainer and a reader and such. And he estimated there's about 4,000 bands in kind of our, our universe around Chicago that were active. Yeah. Easily. And, and, Easily. Right. I mean, and there's, you know, and that's just, there's like over 21, under 21. We can go through all that too and think about that, but you know, there's thousands of bands out there and, and many of them are, 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 are trying to do something. So um, yeah, I mean, every, everybody who's working at it should get a shot, you know, or get some, somebody needs to hear their music, you know? Yeah. So, just give, even, give people the opportunity to at least decide for themselves if they like it or not you know i guess right. I, I don't i never liked the idea of one person deciding for me what i get here i mean i understand that you have to narrow it down you can't just play all four thousand bands you'd, you'd never hear a song again but you know and that was really one of the main things i took away from the local music bonanza um right was being able to um, you know, at, at first I was like, oh, great. I can play, you know, all of my friends bands. And I had all these like CDs laid out and yeah, I, I didn't realize how quickly you go through songs and like, man, now I'm just repeating everything that I have. Like, geez, Louise, it's a two hour show right. every week. I'm already yeah. lapping myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's when I started opening it up to like, Hey, you know, bring me your stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I decided that there's, I'm not, I'm not going to like everything that I'm being sent. Oh, not at I all. I don't feel like that should dictate. Right. What, you know, I, so my, my rule was no matter what it was, no matter what it's style, karma. if I liked it, well, yeah. Yeah. It's just karma. Everybody right. gets one play no matter what. And, um, I, I, uh, I hope, you know, I, I actually have had to take a break from the local music bonanza just to kind of get things moving, um, with my lessons and stuff like that, trying to start. Oh yeah. More. Um, right. And I want to come back to it. it. Believe me, like I miss it every week. It kills me to not be able to do it. Um, but I hope that tradition kind of continues with somebody. Like, just give everyone one play, you know? And I think everything is so scattered, too, with certain bands are on Spotify, certain bands are on Bandcamp, or, you know, we right. can go down the list of the things that we all know. Exactly. How, how do you keep track of everything? How do you find the things? So. I appreciate right. what you're doing because it, it's it's all in one spot. Then you can at least go. All right, right. I know I can go to Rock in Chicago, and I'm going to find you know things that I can see here in my town. I think that's pretty great. Thank you. I mean, for me, I mean, and when I, I kind of rebooted about a year ago, um, I, I wanted an easy way to just get music. Well, for myself, I wanted to have a playlist because I started walking like I was walking three or four times a week. I go for about 90 minutes. 
And I'm just like, all right, well, this is kind of a no brainer. There's all these bands in Chicago. We're still in, in lockdown or COVID uh, pandemic time when it was more restricted. And it's like, yeah. there's still people putting music out. I want to hear it. And well, if I'm going to make a playlist, I might as well just share it, you know, because um, if I go for three or four times a week, I'm going to want a new playlist. And then it's like, all right, this could turn into a, a monthly thing or a weekly thing. And for a while I was doing it weekly and really it was my, my running list for the week. Um, but it was also the notion of like, all right, so the thing with Spotify is no, nobody makes any money on it, but that's where everybody yeah. is. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the uh, evil, the least of, or it's evil. I mean, it's just, you know, as musicians, we don't see a dime off of it. it you know, we won't. And, and it I, sucks. that's why I kind of stopped using it is I, I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. if we could go to a place where we could still do that, but not yeah. make this person like literally a billionaire. Right. Well, we're getting tenths of pennies. That's just, yeah. I don't feel that's right. And I understand that. Yeah. You know, it's a chance to have many people here, but then we're back to that same, you know, square one again, where right. we're just, you know, you can play for exposure. So many people are going to see well, who is seeing you besides right. your friends, man. I mean, and, and, and it's the same trope that went on 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago with radio play. Yeah. You know, I mean, the difference now is like you can go on Spotify, you pay DistroKid or TuneCore, whoever. I want to get my my music project, and and there it is. But yeah, but then it's just like it's the inverse of like instead of having to go through a gatekeeper to get on radio, then it's well, I got to find people to listen to this stuff, and it's on a platform right. that I get no return on. Right, and and yeah, I totally get that too. I've been pushing more for people doing stuff like Brett uh, Figaro. I had him on um, earlier, actually it was last month for his uh, the compilations he's been doing, the shut-in sounds. Yeah. And I, I just turned that into, let's just go through the compilation and make features out of that. Cause then at least that's going all right into the fundraising endeavor he's trying to do for that. Right on Bandcamp, right? Exactly. So we've been, we featured all that stuff and, and really it's like, all right, so there's this whole microcosm that kind of came out of that with all these musicians who are too yeah but it's, just, it's the same idea of like all right well the right platform it's just really just get the music in front of people that's yeah. that's my number one goal is like you know not just my stuff i mean i spend enough time promoting my own crap but like just you know um get these other people's things out there and i've seen from my end, it's kind of turned into a funnel for some other publications who follow me on Twitter and on like Instagram and stuff. They pick up things. I know some, some of the talent buyers that I know in the city here follow me for, they're, they're looking for people to book on, put on bills or whatnot. So that's like a, a byproduct effect of like, all right, well, this is an, an, a different way to kind of build the scene. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a non-judgmental way. It's like, here, this, this band is out here. This is what they look like. This is what they sound like. Here's where they're and from. Then, here's where they've played. Here's what they look right. like on stage. Um, and I, I try to do a similar thing too on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the website. You know, I have yeah. a link to every band that's been on the radio uh, that yeah. I played on my radio show, I should say. Yeah, um, for sure. So wherever that, you know, tree takes you, you can go from there. But I think it's important to have everything in one spot. Yeah, somehow, absolutely. You know, Just like, to make it, make it easy for people. That's yeah. the other thing. Because, I mean, a lot of people get bewildered by that you know having to go to multiple places it's overwhelming um, sometimes How it do you is keep it's track? too much it's like, it's like a job like geez i just wanted to listen to music <laughs> you know it, it's hard though because there are yeah. so many bands and there's so many good ones too yeah 
there are. And then that's the challenge is like not everybody's on every platform and, and it just right. gets kind of, it gets a little messy, but yeah, it's, it, that's just really the goal. Um, and, and you kind of were dialed into that as well with, with your stuff. Um, so I, I, I guess, um, yeah. So I'll, you know, we'll, we'll feature more of the things you've been working on with uh, Bonanza and all that. Um, we'll, like a feature page on rockinchicago.org for that. Oh, thanks man. So, oh yeah, absolutely. So like with the, um, your teaching, like how is that, how you've been managing that? How's that been going over the, the last block of time or last 18 months, if you will? Well, I mean, and, you know, I mean, it's life as a full-time musician. So, right. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, um, you know, I, I got some help. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely dwindled for sure. I, I lost yeah. half of my students like in one right. week. Right. Um, the shop that I taught at was cool enough to pay us like a steady wage through the whole thing, regardless. Oh, of, nice. Yeah. Keep you guys you know. floating a little bit at least. Yeah. Though, right? You know, it yeah. wasn't as much as I could make, but geez, I mean, it could right. have been way less. It would have been uh, nothing. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it for actually a couple of weeks, it literally was nothing. Um, right. That's, you know, kind of crazy. Um, so that all worked out. That was great. Um, it was definitely a challenge to teach online everyone is aware oh, yeah. that that's been the big topic right i mean it's crazy it was it was nuts um and so try teaching drums to a kid with down syndrome over the internet i mean it was so you you develop different like teaching techniques and things and i was really grateful for that um my wife was honestly super cool and got me a macbook so i have a, a new laptop because i had a 10 year old actually a 13 year old computer and it was not, it was not functioning well to say the least, but you know, um, it was cool because now I've, I've been learning to use some other programs. I've been trying to have more teaching materials available online. Yeah. So I have, um, I have about 12 study guides. I call them, you know, for lesson stuff. So it's like just a, a PDF packet full of all the things that I would normally have written down. Yeah. Um, and I needed some kind of clear, coherent way. Cause at first, you know, I was kind of inept so i was just like sketching things out and like holding it up on the screen and taking screenshots yeah yeah obviously yeah. that kind of <laughs> sucks you know especially when you're a kid trying to learn like a green day song like this sucks you know like, right you're right it does um but it was cool then so i learned how to use some things and you know now yeah. I'm, I, I'm i'm getting better at recording i'm not awesome at it but i'm i wanted to make some play alongs you know just for um backing tracks and stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah. specific to what i'm talking about because like you can go on youtube and find all kinds of whatever but there's always yeah. going to be some aspect different from what we're trying to do in class you know right so i'm like well i'm gonna have to have to make these myself so now i do have a youtube channel with very minuscule i mean compared to the vastness of youtube right i right. have a handful of videos on there but um so i'm trying to get a youtube channel going just for for play-alongs and instructional stuff and just like quick tips and mm -hmm. trying to get people enticed into learning some theory i think people really have um you know a skewed point of view on it sometimes and I'm yeah offer something more simple and, and accessible yeah. yeah there's that whole paradigm like with you know people who kind of look at the things naturally or oh, i'm a i'm an organic learner or whatnot and theory is this biggest student academic thing and it's like no right. it's like a it's like a screwdriver or a pair of pliers it's a tool yeah this, right it, it was know? invented by the people that we loved like all those crazy musicians were using that you know it's not rules you know i always try to say it's not like you can't do this it's just here's ingredients 
If you want to be in jazz, it's this ingredients. If you want to be in blues, it's, you know, these ingredients. If you don't do that, it's fine, but then it's not blues or, you know, um, it's just a language. You know? That's a, that's a good, that's a good, really good metaphor with the ingredients. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get sucked into some, some of the guitar groups on Facebook and stuff <laughs> where it's just like, nah, man, no, it's, you're, you're missing the boat. Yeah. It's just a tool like anything else, like a distortion pedal or delay or anything. It's a tool to help you get, make your art, you know? So, yeah. I, I totally agree, which you, you do very um, well at, by the way, I might add. Oh, you too, man. It goes right back to you. So thank you. Dig the kernel chloroform stuff. And I, I, um, we kind of got this weird thing going on where we know a lot of the same people, even though we only met each other once. Yeah. Um, Matt Tate, that, for example. Oh, oh, yeah. We have to play six degrees of Matt Tate. Or we have to How the hell do you know Matt Tate? I just assume because you guys both play right. like Prague kind of stuff. No, well, Reggie's was it maybe Reggie's? No, no, no. I I met Matt in uh, God 2008, I think, or yeah, something some way like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. Wow. Um, he he was doing his destroyer or liberator project for um a benefit at Cobra Lounge that was um, a few other friends of mine were playing. I didn't know him at the time. That um, was with, but uh, uh, Dave Marzalek on drums, right? Yeah, and. I did. I was like, "Oh shit! Somebody's playing a Chapman stick in Chicago." <laughs> uh, I'm filing this in the back of my memory and went to talk to him. I'm like, yeah. "Okay, all right, King Crimson fan." Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll talk later. Like, yeah. Later, you know. And then I, I've completely forgot about him. Um, and then I don't know. He popped up. Oh, I know what it was. I I saw something for Pavlov pop up on facebook and at the time i was doing the rock my the original run of rock in chicago stuff and we were we were doing more of a radio format to similar to what kind of you had where we would just play tracks on stuff and um i played it for the because I, I had a group of guys who were like the metal guys in, in, in the organization and like hey you know this guy just put this out he's a chapman stick player and they're both prog guys too like oh no way there's a chapman stick player in chicago i'm like yeah <laughs> metal chapman stick nonetheless and, and very metal right you know and like, so they, they were all over it and then i checked it out i'm like yeah this is really good so um so that's when i started talking to matt and that's when um i got my project with sons of rock kind of up and running again with a new lineup and then um we were just talking and he just boldly said, we need to put a show together. I'm like, I'm going to be releasing an EP in a few months. He's like, done. He's like, you want to play it at Reggie's, right? I'm like, yeah. Then, cause I guess he worked, you know, he worked at Reggie's. So, yeah. And that's really where the, the connection kind of came in. And then he actually sat in with us on that show. And it's been, um, it's been interesting because everybody I meet who knows Matt Tate is also a good musician. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just like, like, it, yeah, it's just the same kind of thing. It's like, there just seems to be like the six degrees of Matt Tate, separ separation of Matt yeah. Tate. I'm, I'm not jumbling my words here, but I know, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. The six degrees right. of separation, like the, the Kevin Bacon right. thing, but Matt Tate. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, okay, that guy's probably, that's a, when we had our release show at Brower House and I saw your guys pop up. Yeah. I'm like, hey, these guys are good. And I went and checked. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're friends with Matt. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. they got, and, and then I went and listened. I'm like, yeah, they're, okay, yeah. They're, they're on well, the I mean, he was really part of, you know, the, the music scene. So back when I was, you know, my yeah. early, like maybe even like 18, early 20s, um, there was that huge metal scene. There was Kindred, Clockbox, yeah. Relative yeah. Ash, um, Lungbrush. Yeah. I mean, the list can go on and on. 
And that's yep. where I wanted to do the uh, music from the ancient one segment was to kind of go relive some of those. Like, yeah. But he was an enormous awesome. part of that stuff. He was like yeah. the older brother that was always playing in bands. Right. So right. Know, I, exactly. I met him a little bit later on. I was already yeah. kind of yeah. you know, doing stuff, but yeah. But yeah, he's uh, he always attracts good musicians being that he's have you ever seen him play guitar? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's insane. He like graduated, yeah. like, well, I'm done with that. I guess I'll go to this new instrument. Just kind of talking through um some of your own musical project. Musically, what's been going on with you for the last 18 months? Well, I mean, there's um it's kind of been hectic. Yeah. It's not as not as not as busy as it seems on the on the outside, but just all the prep work and things. So yeah. Um, um all eight bands kind of kicked back in. Um <laughs> <laughs> at so once. at once um right. except for like one but we're in the middle of recording uh, a new band uh day integro um i'm not sure if you knew uh but johnny yeah yeah oh jesus christ <laughs> so i'm just gonna start saying names and just see where we match uh, up here right well johnny actually because you have um and transmission that's one of your other projects with him right yeah wow okay. you did your homework yeah all right well, no, Johnny bugged me about booking a show with you guys because he, he he saw I was playing with Coyote Man and yeah. Matt. And he's like, hey, we got to get a show together. And I'm like, all right. I kind of threw a bunch of dates out to him over a year period, but the, the dates never lined up. But yeah, so and then, at, yeah, I saw that just after I think we became friends on social media or whatever. And then like, oh, then then there's this guy. Yeah. And then I actually met John. I, well, I, I met Johnny a long time ago when he was doing stuff with Janice. Okay, sure. Because I used to play shows with Janice like 20 years ago when they were they, before they blew up, you know. Yeah, right. I I remember I remember that album. It was like the Red Bug, yeah, on the cover of the CD. Yeah, and like we were doing like acoustic shows. I I was in a project at the time where I was playing bass, and like I would run into them all over the city. Um, I didn't know him well, but I I met him, and then then comes down the road 20 years later, whatever it's been. And then, yeah, so then in transmission, and then I actually finally met him last time Crimson rolled through. Oh, I was ch- chatting with Matt, and then Johnny standing next to him, and I didn't even realize it was Johnny. So it's just, just yeah, weird network effect again. So, well, and I, that's, I, well, yeah, I mean, that's where it all comes from, honestly. Right. Is, uh, yep, yep. So I'm in a, uh, one of the guys I play with the most is Don Nudie, Donico Nudie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've known him. We grew up in New Lenox, uh, okay. a small town in, in yeah. Illinois. Right? South. Yeah, right. right. So right by Joliet. Um, mm-hmm. So he was in bands growing up. I had gotten my first bass when I was 15. And, you know, so all of our friends were in different bands together. Um, Matt Tate was in a band, uh, Box, with a drummer named yeah. Armando Cisneros. That was mm-hmm. one of the first drummers I was in a like an official band with. And that was the yeah, whole, yeah. like... Uh, the first like wave of all these bands uh avernus was still doing shows ha! yeah <laughs> i yeah. was in avernus you were in avernus <laughs> seriously yeah i um i knew rick mccoy the main vocalist yeah. and the synth player yes. um we jammed when i was in high school wow um because we had a bunch fly? of chris predkevich i know chris yeah wow keyboard player right yeah um and then, so, yeah, so, yeah, I, I was in a, like a kind of a shoegaze project with Rick when I was in high school, this is the early nineties. That was right when he was getting Avernus off the ground. Um, yeah. And then they, they kind of went off and did their stuff. And then, um, yeah, later on, this was like late 
aughts, um, they needed a bass player. He was working on a, a, a new album for Avernus. I came in, we worked together. Then Rick actually moved to Colorado for a bit. Then he came back and then he asked me to join the band again. This was like with one of their more solid lineups. So yeah, I know Chris Pred. I can't pronounce that. I just, Pred Kevowich. We call Pred Kevowich. They called them Fly. Yeah. The and name Eric was Fly. Kick, and Eric Kiki and yeah. Jimmy and all those guys. Yeah. yeah. So Jimmy, I think Avernus is doing a new album. I think yes, they're they recording, are. right? Like. Yeah, they're they've been working on it for quite a bit, but from what Eric was telling me that they're they're almost done. So that's I'm hoping that's hope, hoping to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another funny connection, right? Yep. So yeah, you know, we had these bands in New Lenox. Yeah, you, know, you start playing shows. I think my first show was at yeah. uh, uh, it was called Reflections. It's on Route yeah. Thirty. What the hell is that place called now? <laughs> I forget what it's even called now, but um, it's still there. I don't think they have music anymore, but that was the first show. And then, you know, you kind of just keep playing all those like Smiler Coogans and yeah. the Gateway Feeder. Rock House, right. Yeah. 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 Riley's yeah. Rock House. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you start meeting all these people and uh, it just keeps on like, you know, compounding. I had a right. buddy I grew up with. I lived in Chicago before I moved out to New Lenox and uh, uh, a neighbor had moved to Tinley Park and he found a band. Yeah. It was called Bloated Cataract. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Phil Medor. It was Connor O'Malley, who's been in quite a few bands, uh, mm -hmm. Hyperbole Ensemble. Um, he's got a thing out now called Flash in the Pan. That's insane. Um, so anyway, with that, you know, now we're starting to do shows with all these other, like, you know, kids, man. We're doing Off the Alley, like, you know, once a month in Homewood. Um, right. I don't know if you remember that place or are familiar with mm -hmm. that place, but well, mm -hmm. a great all ages punk and metal venue, you know, probably saved a lot right. of kids from getting into a lot of trouble. Absolutely. And, uh, it was, it was great. So then from there, you know, you find Smiler Coogans and then you find, yeah. you know, so we, it was the Kit Kat scrunch club. And there was one of those like 10 band shows that they would do. Like, and, yeah. Uh, that's when we met relative Ash for the first time. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to us, um, I don't know if you remember a band called milk plow mm -hmm. or uh, displacement of anger uh, or milk plow yeah uh, varicine so milk plow was a was a blend of a bunch of bands so you know as all of these people started hanging out and we, we had a huge armada we had literally yeah 120 different musician friends and yeah. then all of our friends from all those different like you know groups yeah before you knew it man we just you know they uh remember when relative ash who else it was it was Clockbox, uh hell shock i can't remember I who else hell was shock, at that yeah. show but it was sold out and it was so nuts because all of our friends were out in the street. We never got in. It was <laughs> already sold out. Like it was just one of those great moments, you know, but um, yeah. so yeah. that that's kind of where all that overlap comes from. And a lot of those people are still playing yeah. music. I mean, Matt Tate is in Pavlov. Uh, right. Matt Schlachta is in like, you know, Broken Hope right now. He was, in, yep. you know, all, all these people are still yeah. making music. Uh, I'm in eight different bands with a lot of those right. same people because right. Yeah. Everyone wants to try something different and it's fun to play with all these great musicians. So yeah, absolutely. Now there's now I'm in eight bands, you know, I'm in three bands with Don Nudie. I'm in a couple bands with Ellis yeah. Wright. You know, it just, um, it, yeah. it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't want it to end to be honest with you. Sometimes yeah. it's a little overwhelming for sure. <laughs> Um, which is why I kind of had to back off of the, uh, the radio show. I had two yeah. radio shows and the podcast, eight right. bands and like 35 students. That's more than a full-time job, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my yeah. wife was like, Hey, um, 
Hey, remember we're married, right? You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> why don't you spend some time, like maybe working? Like, I know, I know I'm like Peter Pan, like just running around, you know, so it's right, like, right, 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 right. Once I get a job in order, then I can maybe go back to doing, you know, like the, the, the fun stuff. But, um, right. It's been so great, man. So this summer has just been, um, so there's uh Colonel chloroform, uh, it was a band. Mm-hmm. I started with Don Nudie just because, um, I started giving guitar lessons. I'm a bass player. And right. I felt like a, like a, a hack. So I'm like, no, 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 I can't be giving guitar lessons and not be a guitar player. So get your, get your chops going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought a Marshall. I was living at home at the time, you know, I had saved up oh. a bunch of dough and I got a Marshall half stack and uh, a, a Gibson Les Paul. I'm sorry. An Epiphone Les Paul. Right. And, um, we started this band and uh, Phil Lazari, amazing guitarist. Uh, Jim Allen is from Milk Plow. Insane. Mm-hmm. Go guitarist. Don also was in yeah. Milk Plow at the end there. And mm-hmm. um so we've been going, we have, there was 35 new tunes that were penned out during the initial lockdown and we narrowed it wow. down about 12. Yeah. 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 Um, and Alex Hoffer band, um, he yep. came out with like seven or eight new tunes. So we're, yeah. we're playing with him a little bit more often. We're hoping to record those, um, same story with John Condren and the old gang orchestra, um, excellent songwriter then uh, him and alex are always playing like seriously eight days a week on their own yeah so i'm looking forward to getting that new album to come out um and transmission yeah. we don't have we have a handful of songs to begin with so we only have like two new ones but we're working on recording we're actually playing the drunken donut on, nice uh, august 28th yeah okay so uh and then tim plaker is this guy that organizes a bunch of the joliet musicians to do Mm-hmm. like tribute nights like cover band night kind of thing yeah so each singer from each of the local bands does like one or two songs and then that's a bunch awesome of them, like back it up oh yeah. it's so much fun man yeah i mean a lot of times it's songs that maybe i would never have chosen on my own you know but right man everyone's hanging out and having a that's great a, time and it's about the social experience with that right yeah yeah, yeah. and then i'm also working on some of my own like solo mm-hmm. kind of like acoustic songwriter things you know so yeah all eight kicked in i I had a gig with every single one this summer except day integro (laughs) we almost made it that's fantastic so yeah you you, there's no shortage of creative outlets for you then that's that's really cool we're gonna take a quick break and have a listen to one of uh, tom's other projects this is john condren and the old gang orchestra with these beginnings
going to ask about kind of your area you're seeing is it, it, it I don't want to say insular is the right word but it seems like it's just very self-sustaining I mean I got this sense with what I was talking to Brett too like like your area like the Joliet New Lenox area like you guys just have a lot of shit going on um where you you rarely need to come out to Chicago much you know I mean do you, you guys really, it's just, there's enough venue space out there and there's enough of a network where you guys can just kind of be self-sustaining. Like it's, 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 it's its own scene for the most part. I mean, yeah, it really is. Um, we like to go out other places just cause you know, yeah. you obviously want to meet new people and do things, but yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, yeah. there's not a ton of venues, but there's always people going to those places. We've yeah. narrowed it down to the, the, the places that are comfortable and accepting you know, and, people being nuts or weird or like normal, you know, you can actually be normal there too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, there's, there's like three or four, maybe, uh, maybe six great places where we could just kind of yeah. rotate out. And there's yeah. enough of a, there's enough of a crowd and enough of like your group of local talent and the various acts that you guys manifest that it just, it's able to kind of sustain itself in that way, which is cool. It's very different from here where things are just super fragmented, you know? Yeah. I even noticed yeah. a lot of times, like the difference that shows, like even the bands you're playing with, like everyone's yeah. like ice cold, you know? Oh yeah. And not like in a, I'm a shy kind of way, but like a, I'm such yeah. a badass kind of way that you can't even like come to this. Yeah. And it's like, man, why? But yeah. That's like not at all. I don't know. I, I don't, there's a little bit of narcissism with it. Yeah, yeah well, right. I, there's no, I don't, I mean, it's cool. Like, I, whenever I see a musician that's totally schooling me, I definitely want to go home and practice, but I don't right. feel like, yeah, like I'm going to like be better than him to be like, God, oh, you suck. Like, I mean, like, that's not why. I mean, yeah. can't you both be good? Like, I mean, right. You listen right, right. to this one band. Do you eat one kind of food? Do you watch one TV show? No one does that. It's stupid. Like, Right. It's just get a variety. Everyone, everything's cool. You could be awesome too. Oh my God. Why don't you, yeah. maybe we, maybe we both moved the audience. Why is it? I don't understand. And yeah. um, it's a real big turnoff. I got to say it, it like, I could care less sometimes about like the whole, like, wow, it's Chicago. Like, man, no one even cares. We're going to go there and play and no one is going to care, man. Like, yeah. and not because we did bad, but because like, they're no. like, they are so set on, and obviously not everyone is like that. We've but just talked about all the different it, connections we found of amazing people in amazing places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the main difference why this scene is so self-sustaining is that everyone comes out to each other's shows. 
everyone yeah. you know it's shares real, each other's stuff you know yeah it's a real network and there, you people really do care about each other i saw that in other cities too like i lived in austin texas for a while um moved from chicago went to school down there and was a musician down there and it's very similar to what you have in joliet like what you were describing and what i was hearing and seeing and stuff too it's like um austin has a very and I would say integrated, but people were way supportive. It was a bit, it's a big players town too, of course, but, yeah. um, but people will generally go out and check out other people's shows. They'll be supportive and it, go, it cuts across genre lines. Like if you're a metal guitar player and you want to go see some rockabilly or a jam band, you can go do that and not lose your street cred, you know? Right. You know, right. that, that, that weird perceived like genre divide, which when I came back up here, um, it was, really strong I, I you know the, the indie rock kids didn't mix with the metal kids and the punk yeah. kids were over here yeah and those are kind of the three areas that like i kind of bounce around with like when i'm doing my podcast stuff or like the playlists and all that um and they, they seem the older people closer i think our age are, are a little bit more like that here but the kids that are coming up now don't care about that as much they're right. mixing up and it's great you know um, so that's just kind of one of the things I'm seeing with kind of the, this newer crop of musicians who are coming up and they're in their, maybe their twenties um, and they're finding their voices and they're finding like their, their style and all that. And it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear kids crossing genres. Like you can have some rap and with some indie pop stuff or, or whatnot. And it's not contrived. It's just really like, th- like kind of like a woven cloth, like a very beautiful woven cloth of all these different influences and it kind of goes back to kind of what you, you were saying earlier, like it doesn't have to be all this one thing or another thing. You can take, pick and choose these different things and kind of make a fusion of that, you know? So, yeah. And even if you don't make a right. fusion, it doesn't mean that you can't go, oh, that was cool. Like it doesn't right. mean that you have to give up. Right. It's yeah. 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 I feel that is something that translates into a lot of aspects of like human life. You know, I feel like, Oh, for sure. You know, you can't accept somebody else because it might change who like no man you just <laughs> man them. you know like just yeah. be who you are and they can be who they are and you don't you don't even Absolutely. have to like it you know Absolutely. but you don't have to like hate them you just right. you don't have to like participate no big deal yeah. <laughs> you know just walk over yeah. there you know I, I just wish uh you know that would be, yeah. be more of a trend but and and you know there, there's the pocket of people that are like-minded everywhere we'd have to just kind of find each other i think all of us were hoping that someday we could break into this industry but i think we just need to make our own yeah i mean they did they were people they were people that made it they created this thing right it worked so i mean why aren't we just doing that i think i think we are it's a it the whole thing got turned upside down yeah and it's just going to take some time for this new thing to take shape and there's all yeah. this music waiting to be, you know, put into a, a something that could be discovered or found or enjoyed. And it's there. We just, we're almost there, you know? Yep. Absolutely, man. What is it that keeps you going as a musician? Like what, 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 where do you find that drive, that energy, or do you even need to find it? Is it just there for you? No. Yeah. Um, it's just always been something that's my thing. Like ever since I was a little kid, I always re- responded to music. Um, my mom, you know, I was the firstborn, so uh, I have a baby book. She actually filled out the baby book for the firstborn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So all these like goofy details, and uh, yeah, right from the get go, that was always my thing. I loved uh, ZZ Top drums. Awesome. Um, 
Frank Beard. Yeah, that was my, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I got my first bass when I was 15 after like begging. I wanted to play something, you know, so it's, it's my hobby. It's my religion. How, how, it's how did you work. get to, how did you get to the bass first? Um, like, is it, you did know, you pick the bass or did the bass pick you or I don't how, really know. So actually, um, I, I started really getting in. So I got my first, like, you know, CD Walkman and like things started to pick up pace, you know, sort of deal. So Eddie Van Halen at the time was like something I thought was amazing. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. 14 or something yeah yeah and uh so i borrowed a buddy's guitar and i wasn't taking lessons or anything that was just kind of messing around and nothing made any sense so i don't know maybe maybe i should play bass i don't know like i don't maybe this isn't the right thing and i saw cliff burton oh Oh. yeah yeah you can do that like all right yeah no so my 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 family has a bunch of musicians in it you know and my uncle was really into playing in bands and he knew like uh hidden music and I think it's worth somewhere near there. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's like, all right, we're going to go. Your mom gave you this much money. We'll, we'll pick something out. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. You know? Yeah. So it was a Charvel, like a black Charvel kind of uh, like a Strat style body or a P base body, you know? And mm-hmm. then there was a Gibson war. I'm sorry. Uh, a BC rich warlock. <laughs> and if I would have known now, you know, then what I know now, I would not have picked that thing. It was a piece of shit that had one <laughs> shitty pickup in it. Right. It was so top heavy that I swear to God, it's how I got carpal tunnel. Neck dive. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So you're familiar. Yeah. It was the oh, play. Yeah, it was like the Ooh. bottom of the barrel, like piece right. of shit. But man, it was awesome. It was like blood red and shiny and had like it's gold hardware. Slayer! yes yeah (laughs) yes so i like there was like no question like do you want to try it nope i want this one are you sure i'm like yep don't care what it sounds like slayer yeah my uncle was like man you want to just try them like nope i want that one all right man. all right let's do it and then i had a i didn't know what this meant at the time you know he's like i don't have an amp for you but i have a a monitor and this like thing i'm like isn't that an amp no it was a it was a it was a a fucking stage wedge that he had like a giant 15 inch speaker because they made all their own shit so uh wow that's like, cool yeah they made yeah. michael was making his own cabinets when he was a kid wow. like uh yeah. i didn't realize how young he was too. he was like probably 18 or 19 or something or maybe i don't know maybe a little bit older but yeah. um i'll never forget his his record player his stereo system in the garage was a pv like 16 channel mixer with wow. Yeah. Or 18 inch speaker stacks. Oh my God. So I could sit in one of the speakers and listen to music. It's like this scene from Back to the Future, right? Yeah. It yeah. Very much looked like the that, scene from Back to the Future. That's awesome, man. So yeah, it was always just in there. And that was like the thing. And so bass, yeah. he was a bass player. I'm like, oh, I'll try that. So he took me to, I got my first bass when I was like 15. And um, I played so often that I nearly like, you know, flunked out of school. And yeah. All that good kind of stuff, you know. And for a while, I really sucked. Like, I was just an asshole. Like, I was not fun to play with. And I'm sure some of my band members might say nothing's changed, you know. But um, (laughs) so there was a long period. There was a long stretch of time where I did not play with anybody. And um, that's when I discovered blues. And that's when I discovered the Harlem Avenue Blues Lounge. Yeah. Man, that place is... Oh, I love that place. Dude, Yeah, they were so nice to me because I was 
completely uneducated. Like I knew, I knew stuff about like scales and yeah. chords, but I didn't know any applications. I was kind of like, I refused to learn cover songs for a long time because I was just going to write my own masterpieces. Right. And I uh, had no idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. I'm, I, I know more than all of you. <laughs> all um, right. So, um, so that was, it was a really great place to kind of like get over that part of myself and, and, and do some things I thought I would never do and swore Got I would teeth. never do. Yeah. yeah. And man, they were great. So you'd walk up. I don't, I mean, I'm sure you know the routine. Um, you sign your name and what you play. Yeah. And Kenny matches up. The owner of the bar, Kenny, would just match up random mm -hmm. players. Yeah. So like you, know, you, you walk up, you shake hands with these people, and they're, they're asking me, you know, like, you know, what so you, you know, this, you know song or this song? Nope. 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 Like, what the hell? I'm like, all right, can you shuffle? Like, yes. I know what that word is. I remember that. Yes, I can. And so this dude made me learn a bass line verbatim on stage. He's like, I'm like, uh, so I just started playing whatever. He's like, no, 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 this. <laughs> and it, there's a crowd, man. It's open mic night. This All isn't right. like, you know, rehearsal right. or something. There's everyone's watching. That's, that's a live performance lesson, right? Yep. Oh, I was wow. addicted. That was it. I went back every yeah. Thursday for like a solid year, you know, um, Matt like an apprenticeship. What's yeah. that? Like an apprenticeship almost. Yeah. yeah. They, they gave me that's songs awesome. to learn. Like here, listen to these CDs and like wrote down a bunch of stuff for me. Um, awesome. I had some other friends make some mixed CDs. Back yeah. in the day, mixed CDs were still a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, I don't know if you know Matt Schlachta. Um, I mentioned him a couple of times in, in this yeah. already, but but he was yep, yep. a big reason why I connected the dots. Um, we were playing. He went, you know, it was a New Year's Eve. I think it was 2000. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was like in my dark period of not playing with anybody. And uh, he he gave me a random call like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like nothing. He's like, ah, oh, geez, I just, I just woke up. I had food poisoning last night and I was sick for a whole day. I just woke up. I missed new year's Eve. He's like, do you want, you want to like play? This is midnight. You know, we're like in our twenties. Like, yeah. I got right. my advice. Come on my apartment. We played till eight in the morning. Wow. And, uh, no drugs. We, I mean, we were just playing music till eight in the morning. Yeah. And, um, so it started like a thing. He wanted to show me how to play jazz and I was like failing miserably <laughs> and um he's like right you know what are you you know he's getting me just to say what i'm he's like you don't know you don't know what you're playing i'm like get out of my house you know and right. uh, he was cool enough to like come back and and break it down for you right yeah yeah right <clears throat> and i didn't i didn't know what i was talking about i didn't really know like i did i just didn't ever put it together and uh that's when i discovered surf rock um yeah. and that's how me and brett were playing together with phil azari and the real gone yeah um, yeah that's a whole different animal right. now yep but um yeah, so I don't know. One thing just kept rolling into another, and now I'm now I'm 45, and I'm I'm still I'm still playing music. So I don't you're know. still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm. I was just gonna say that's one thing I I keep coming back to. I mean, we're roughly the same age. I'm 46, mm -hmm. um, and for me, it's like I, I it never went away. You know, like I've seen like my mom was a player. She played out back in the day. She was in bands and stuff. And at some point, in like in her late 30s, early 40s, she had just gone stopped playing gave me all of her gear she's like i'm done and i've seen that with gear? all the, oh i got a lot of it sitting in my office here right now really yeah um and good stuff um next time we whatever i'll, I'll bring a guitar you can check it out um yes. it's nice vintage stuff um but you know it, it's the, the trope of that and then the whole other oh why don't you go get a real job and it's like well why don't you stop watching football? 
Yeah. That's like, that's, this is what I do. I mean, you know, and like the, the energy or that, that for me, that, that drive, that primal drive of like the hook of when, when you got your warlock bass. And then when you went and sat in and, and it's kind of, but kind of cut your teeth on playing those blues tunes and all that kind of stuff. Like that, that engagement for me never really went away either. Like I, you know, I still play, I play every day almost. Um, and I'm always thinking about music, even if it's not my own, it's like, there's just always shit going on in my head Yeah. and it, it it's never ceased. It's never like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And I, I just, I don't know, but I just kind of wanted to hear from somebody else. Like, and that's something I, I've asked a few people, like you're able to still keep going at it and it hasn't lost its allure or its charm or that, that's, you know, not so much who you are, but it's just like, that's your thing. That's what you do, you know? Um, and I, I see people like um, the uh, Marshall Allen, the, uh, the alto sax player from the Sun Ra Orchestra. Guy still tours at 95. I think he's 95. I think he's actually older than that now, if I'm not mistaken. That's I saw, yeah, I went, saw Sun Ra Orchestra a few years ago at the Constellation. They came in and uh, you know, my wife was asking me, like, how old is that guy? I'm like, oh, he's well into his 90s. He's like one of the OG members. And like they had, <laughs> they had to help him up on stage. But once he gets up on stage, you see it. That's what you were talking about. That Yeah. You wake up and you're, you're in your, your zone, your space. This is what you yeah. do. Yeah. At, you couldn't tell that guy was that old. I mean, right. no, no fucking clue at all. I mean, the guy was just a beast on the sax. He was just cutting. And he had like an electronic MIDI sax, like a custom one. He was jamming, really? making all kinds of, I mean, but like, yeah. So then you see somebody who's like there at that point in their life, you know, you, you can look at that as like, okay, guy's a master musician, whatever. Or like, they've just been in the game so long. They've been playing for so long. They don't even think about playing anymore, but it's like, Still at, at that age, that you, that that switch goes on. You you do your thing, and, and I don't know. To me, that's inspiring when you see that with like people who've been at it for a bit. You know that it's not just this passing thing, or it's not a you know I'm gonna get laid or whatever. It's like that's that's what you do. You know, I mean, and, isn't it? Isn't it strange? You know, I mean, first and foremost, the fact yeah. that these organizations of sound was so yeah. intriguing to humans throughout history that they cultivated it and turned it into a science. And now yeah. you know, how many centuries later we're still, I mean, can you imagine the guy who invented the guitar? If he knew right. that what, what he you know, did, holy cow. I mean, <laughs> right. how, how important of, of a symbol of humanity is that? I mean, right. We, we see other animals, you know, mating. We see them building houses. We've seen, right. uh, you know, mourning. We've seen, you know, social structure and all this. Not a single yeah. one of them have musical instruments or things they build. Like, right. to, I mean, well, at least maybe we don't. Maybe not to our naked eye, I suppose. But I think, yeah. you know, the guitar, the musical instruments are something that just really defines. It's a, it's like an abstract existence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an abstract thing that a human invented there's no basis of nature outside of resonance right or yeah yeah materials right. materials that it's made from but the the idea of it is really it's just it's a it's a human thing and um the fact that it, it can control emotions is like powerfully is like 
kind of one of the most amazing things about it, you know, yeah. um, not in like the psychological warfare manipulation thing. It's just, it, it, if it's good music, it moves people. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the physical so, vibrations too, there's a science behind that right. too. Like dissonant right. chords it's thera- and harmony. It's ther- and- right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the therapeutic aspects of the, right. But yeah. It's really um, interesting. It is. And it's just that, that, you know, it's just that thing that just keeps you going. And, you know, so, um, how do you um, just kind of thinking about like with your students now too, and I know you're kind of, it sounds like you're ramping up with that too. Like when, when I was coming up and taking lessons for me, um, it was very, you need to know this. You need, and it was just very business oriented. Um, when I was taking jazz guitar lessons, well, you need to be able to play like West Montgomery, play octaves or whatever, play choral melodies. Or you need to, you need to do these things and you need to think, um, with kids now, and I think just what the way the world is now with music too, like what are the, what are the, what are they coming to you? What do they want to learn? Is it just tunes or are they going? Well, you know, it, it depends, I think heavily on your audience, right? Certain places have certain sure. clientele, you know? So right. some people just are actually just learning, like they want to just get out Asics. of the house and do something. There's some people that just want to learn like the songs. Um, yeah, and then yeah. of course you have the people who are like, man, I, I, I want to get so nuts with this. Like I want to know everything about it. They're, um, yeah. They want to get but, technical with stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. They want to learn some theory. They want to play some really crazy songs. They're willing to learn sheet music and memorize right. scales and different things like that, you know? Um, so, you know, a, a lot of the requests I get, I don't learn any modern songs. Um, Imagine dragons. Um, sometimes I'll get like the 10 year old kids who want to learn like Luke Bryan and things like that. Yeah. But I mean, I've, I've learned the entire uh, American idiot album. (laughs) Um, I know more ACDC songs than I'd care to admit, uh, so much so that now I like them and I own a couple ACDC vinyl because damn it, we got some fun songs, you know? There's some good rudimentary stuff in those tunes too, man. Yeah. yeah and if you listen close, the bass players doing more than just riding the E string, <laughs> at least on the early yeah. albums, the later stuff, like who made who, you know, things yeah. got a little watered down perhaps, you know, but yeah, right. Um, I've, I've actually noticed that a lot of people learning music, especially younger students want to learn real music. I'm not, I'm not, uh, like having to do like this eye rolling stuff. It's like, really? Like you want to learn that? I'm like, dude, I'll learn anything you want, man. Just tell me what you're listening to. So when you say real, when you say real music, though, you like stuff that like um, either older or is that not stuff that's composed by like a DJ or electronic or. um, I I feel like a lot of the things that are in the mainstream, as far as like what the corporations and the old resources of where we found music before not putting out anything genuine. It's mostly just. Uh, like gym shoes like we just want to sell you something it's a product um, it's right. a product yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. And so i'm not learning a lot of those kinds of things i'm learning more like songs that you know people care about songs that we all cared about when we were somebody crafted out. it right yeah yeah, yeah it had, it had right. a purpose i mean obviously they were selling it too i mean there's no doubt that the beatles had good businessmen behind them i mean right obviously marketing going on um, but there's I'm something not, to be said for the quality of the tunes too, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, art. there's there yeah. was content there. You know, there was exactly art, there was craftsmanship and skill, and you know, you go see them live, and they could reproduce that live. Um, right. I feel like even in even in like the prog scene, sometimes and I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but everyone's using like the same plugins 
Every, everything is starting to sound the same. It sounds so perfect and clean, but man, right. I remember watching um, some of the early, like the very first season of Saturday Night Live is mostly yeah. music. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Those dudes, like they're, they're, they're cutting it live. Yeah. Whoa. Like, yeah. He's like, it, it's like a magic. It's it's really like it's like actual magic. You feel you're watching this person, like just their soul comes out of their bodies, and it sounds yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I think we're we're forgetting about that. Like it's so yeah. easy to take this easy way out, and like, well, I can right. just do this, and it's gonna sound great, and it does. I like a lot of those things. I'm not saying it's like evil or don't use it. I'm just saying yeah. I, I feel like there's been something a little bit lost on, on that. I feel like there's something a little bit lost on. But the SC3. assistive technologies. Right? Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, something's just missing and there's a disconnect. And I, I feel like vinyl actually is making music popular again. The tangibility yeah. of it, the, right. the accessibility well, of like, you can actually hear more of the sound waves than you can on yeah. an MP3. The, the bass well, drum is not interrupting the bass guitar right. and it's, it's not it's, all squashed down right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i no, think sure. you know I, I i think it it i lost my passion for seeking out new music when that era changed when all those music stores closed and all the best buys stopped selling music i didn't mm. buy anything man i i yeah. i just yeah. it wasn't the same i don't know why i don't know maybe it's just i hate change or something i don't know maybe well, you get yeah. older man yeah but i mean you we're over the same generation where you remember going to i don't know if they had crow's nest out by you guys yeah but absolutely you go to crow's nest you, you'd see something in a magazine rolling stone or one of the guitar mags or metal mags or whatever music info you had or your buddy told you about at school or you could you go, go there to buy the metal mag and listen right right or you'd sit there and you, maybe your buddy works there and he'd put that in yeah put, put the disc in the deck and you'd be able to check it out before you buy it you know or here's um, something that the the owner is playing because they know exactly about all this crazy stuff or I they, but and I, yeah. I see a lot of kids i mean i had this one student yeah. come in particular who's super excited about playing guitar he loves he can like shred like shred like guitar like you know pentatonic solos over like some you know just like 12 bar blues right he's literally learning like uh yeah. scorpions and acdc and like all that stuff so he was yeah raging excited he's like i went to the record store with my dad and i got he told me like these four it was acdc i don't know just like four classic bands but right. he was ridiculously excited to have them on vinyl oh like, that's awesome i think that's very meaningful like for all yeah. of us like that like there is well, an importance there and I, I do think the tangibility well and you know quantity was, is better than the, the our quality is better than the quantity i think absolutely this. And then the other the other point with that is the medium. When you have a CD or you have a um, even with a cassette, but um, yeah. the vinyl, you're committed to listening to that because you don't fast forward. Like you want to put a vinyl. I mean, I was explaining this to my son. He's like, "Why do you like this?" I'm like, "Because it forces me to sit down and listen to music." And I'm like, "It's something you're not used to doing because you just put your headphones on, you go on the L or right, it's background music." I'm like, yeah. "But I'm going to put on this John Coltrane album. We're going to listen to it, and, you know." And he he kind of got it. He's like, oh, this is really cool. I'm like, yeah, because it forces you to listen. You're not doing anything else. Your brain is actively listening. And that's something that people don't really do much anymore, as you know. Yeah. Um, that whole that whole participation of active listening. And then like, you know, there's the ancillary things of like look at the gatefold, the liner notes, and all that stuff. But um, yeah. but yeah, putting on an album, man, and kicking back for a half hour for a side. Oh man, that's that's so great. Yeah. You know, and just being able to 
do that again as a musician too. I mean, I know that's a cost resource of putting on vinyl, but being able to see that come back with well, musicians can do that again is reintroducing that medium, you know? It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. It's exciting. It I think is. It's really great. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. And then with the album covers, like, uh, yeah, I found Led Zeppelin three on vinyl. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. That is the coolest album cover of yeah. all time. You yeah. know, for those that might not know, like the spinning, like, like almost like a, a pop-up book kind of effect. Yeah. Crazy thought went into yeah. making that. I mean, the way the pictures all line up and how they organize yeah. that, that's just amazing, especially being back then they didn't have computers to like switch yeah, no it Photoshop. and change it. You know, they had to like do it. Nope, that didn't work. Nope. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, you know, how how did they put right. that together? Actually, I'm a, kinda... a visual artist had to work with a graphic designer to sort all of that shit out or right. You know, that, that's that it's a package, but still there's artistry to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's all part of that experience of listening. Right. Very sure, cool man. stuff. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing, I guess, with the teaching aspect, too, I guess, just kind of curious, like, all right, so, I mean, you get a, you get a wide range of its kids, maybe it's adults trying to just get something to do or whatnot. Um, for the ones that got their hook in their mouth, like, they want to go further, like, what are they they looking for? Do they even know, you, you know, it's like. No, I mean, they're they're looking for that 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 moment of clarity when the things they're hearing yeah make sense on that instrument when they can find it's it just, and, and tell you that that mind uh, hand eye, eye coordination that that muscle memory connection yeah 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 you know like oh when you say the word you know a minor pentatonic i'm not gonna panic you know right. then we can start talking about you know you know where to move your hand right yeah, yeah. I, i've had some students it's funny because um I got to say that the students that do the worst when they first start are the ones that stay the longest. Um, this kid, hmm. this kid, Mitch, um, was a, was a guitar player. He came in, he was like yeah. 10 years old. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible, man. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't play anything. He couldn't retain anything. He had no sense of like natural rhythm and, uh, he just kept on coming. So I'm like, all right, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to take this kid from the beginning. Yeah, we're going to do every boring mundane detail and I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to get his stuff in order. So I started actually learning good lesson plans based on the things that he was unable to do just because he wasn't a natural musician, you know. So, right. How how do you take someone who's really, really enthusiastic and help them, you know? Right, right, right. So like, where are you? Where is your hand going? Why is your hand functioning like this? Why are why are these things like, you know, like physiologically taking place and all that stuff? And like now, 11 years later, the kid is still taking lessons. He plays bass instead. He was reading jazz charts. He understands like the circle of fifths. And like we talked about intervals, you know, um, and so he, he vested into it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so like those kinds of people, like, I don't know, like the one kid couldn't strum that well until we started talking about intervals and he liked that science aspect of it so much that he played often enough to get his chops together, you know? So yeah, um, I think those are uh, the differences between like the people that continue and those that don't, you know, like yeah when, when they want to like ooh, like why are you how did you know how to do that well it's this major third you know you all of a sudden you start going down the road of that real terminology and then you yeah. know sometimes that really sparks it I, I think that sometimes where guitar teachers may go wrong sometimes as they right if you water things down too much how is anyone gonna 
find interest in that. Give them a chance. Yeah. Let them give them the real thing. Tell them they how got, you really are doing it, man. They might be as interested in it as you were, you know, they, they got to grow into it too a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. You, you, you have to on. have patience to sit through them. Right. Doing a picking exercise, man. They're yeah. beginners. Yeah. I know it's above you, <laughs> but like if they don't that's know the, how to move their pick, what are you going to do? That's what you're there for to show them how to move it. Right. Yeah. Are for, for the kids that are like that, that, that got that hook. I mean, are they, they putting bands together? Like that's the one thing I was curious about, like the younger kids, are they doing bands? Or are they more solo stuff now? Um, that that, that's seeing? the, that's the trouble is I know like by us, there's not a lot of places I think for people to do that like at their age. Yeah. Right. Um, so that that's the thing I'm running into trouble. And, you know, with everything, it's kind of hard to organize right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a band camp uh, where I would I'd get people together, like ensemble classes. Right. And um, I think sort of the things continued. So sort of the school of rock paradigm where you're, you're you're kind of organizing it for them to get together and see if they they can form a unit. Right. Yeah, or like actually, it was Function. like a straight class. I mean, yeah, along oh, wow. the same lines, but it was it was a class, it's like, like band like, class, how to be in a band, right? Yeah, so it was like, all right, um, this is these are the openings. We're looking for these, you know, instruments. Here, here's the songs that we're going to do. Um, okay. So I mean, not any different from School of Rock, you know. Um, right. But um, it, I feel like it's almost like learning a, a foreign language and then never speaking it to anybody. Right. Like you don't really know what you're learning until you go and use it, go and perform. Um, yeah. And so I, I think a few of those bands actually did stick, you know, and oh, cool. even the one adult band, um, a few of those ladies actually still play all the time in public. Um, awesome. They still have bands and do recordings and host their own open mic nights and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, people continuing, but I, I, I will, I will confess that I do happen to get a lot, a lot of people who are just kind of looking to yeah, just do something and, and stay active and it's, not just stare at a TV, you know, which is great too. Brain. I mean, that's, that's awesome too. Yeah. But it's good to have something where you're interacting with your brain a little bit more. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that in the context of like with you and I were coming up and you mentioning about that awesome scene that you were a part of, like when your formative years, um, similar for me, um, those, you know, we, when I, my junior high and high school, there were, you know, 20, 30 guys that were all, we were all musicians. We were all the obviously rocker metal types, whatever. And some of them were the jazz, jazz guys who would play rock or whatever, but that, that, that paradigm of you might do lessons or you might be teaching yourself from guitar magazine or whatever, if you got books and, and then, you know, that ability to go in the basement and jam and put the band together or, you know, you're in a garage, your parents' garage or your buddy's, you know, garage or whatever, and you're putting a band together. To me, when I was coming up, that went hand in hand with learning the actual mechanics of playing music and all that. And I was kind of just thinking, like, to me, that seems like it, that's kind of not so much anymore. Like these kids are coming up and they're learning stuff and, and you have to kind of organize it a little bit for them, but they're not going off and self-organizing on their own, creating groups as much. I mean, I know right now it's kind of mute moot because we're, we're still in the pandemic, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I honestly don't really know. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard like, you know, some parents will come to me and like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is going and hanging out doing these things. Um, I don't right. know how regularly it is or, right. but I mean, even myself, I don't think I was in a, a full-time band until like my friends could drive, you know? Right. Yeah. Red yeah, Figuera absolutely. actually was one of the very first people I ever played music with 
And my mom drove me to his house with right. that monitor speaker that I'm talking about. Right. Um, I was like 15 years old and we jammed in his bedroom. Yeah. His drum set was set up like yeah, next to his bed, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. that was, right. uh, but it didn't stop any of us, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's cool to see now that I guess the sort of the, the newer paradigm of that is with these kids with whatever, or, you know, like you're saying, you're organizing classes or you see some of these other like organizations like School of Rock and all that. Yeah, they're, yeah. At least they're they're getting them that because I, I think that social experience is, man, that's just as important as the mechanics. It's, you I can't agree. play in your, your bedroom for the rest of your life either. I mean, if you want to no. get out there and play, you, the music is a social experience, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I think it's made for people who feel introverted. You know, it's like our yeah. it's a way our to communicate. Yeah. yeah, like absolutely. No one's going to really like judge you. I, I saw this thing about someone like someone posted something about like accepting, you know, a certain group of people. And I'm like, man, doesn't that already make up like 50% of the artists and musicians? Like what in the hell are you trying to stir up? Like we're right. already accepting of you. We know, yeah. we know we're here too. Like, why do you even have right. to like, um, why does that have to be extra? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, we're already at a safe place. Like maybe we should just be cool like be cool being you like i don't care if you hang out with someone who's not cool with you being you then just like maybe don't hang out with them you know like yeah. um, right but I, I think we have a, a, a great community of people and uh I, that's totally. really what i'm hoping to pass on to a lot of these yeah. students too i i hope to find more opportunities for them in the future to get together yeah. and play um, that was one of my favorite things to do was that was that band camp yeah and uh it really sucks that we can't do it so much right now Especially yeah. in my lesson room at where I teach uh, is extremely small. Nobody right. is going to be six feet apart from each other at any point in time. So right, right, right. Well, hopefully we can get past this and we can get, kind of get back to um, that again, along with regular as musicians playing out more regularly as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, thank you all for listening to today's episode. Um, you can check out Tom's stuff on rockinchicago.org to his various projects, um, along with the uh, things that he runs to help support his scene. And uh, it was a lot of fun for me today to kind of have a conversation and kind of in more of an informal context to talk about what it's like being a musician during the pandemic right now in Chicago. Uh, we're going to close out with another track from one of Tom's projects. This is End Transmission with Dark Sun. Cheers. <laughs>